0: You are now
1: listening to the AFL Brand. Here we talk interesting stuff about almost everything. Business, family, health, self-awareness, success, marketing. All here on the AFL Brand Podcast. Well, Welcome to another episode of the AFL brand podcast. And I, I, I keep saying that I'm super excited. but you know I, I always like to sit down and, um, and learn from people that have not only come before me that are doing dynamic things with, with their brand, with their life, um, having some level of achievement because I believe that there are lessons to be learned from everybody. Um, and so today we're going to learn some lessons from Harold Antor, uh, super sales uh, uh, agent, and a, a tremendous business person that we're going to learn from today, Mr. Antor. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah? It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. So, Harold, you know, I, I'm trying to remember if you and I had connected, might have been in real estate, might have been um, with the insurance company. I, I don't know where. Any idea where we, where we might have connected?
2: Um, you know, my life is around uh, work. Church, home, right. Now, it, it only could be one of them three places. One eh? of those
1: three. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So, so, how? Tell us before we go back, because I told you I want to go back. Tell us about now. What are you
2: up to nowadays? Well, a um, couple of things that's, that's happening that's very exciting. Um, as you know, I am here at uh, Tristar Tristar Insurance Agents and Brokers Limited um uh, my partner and I Karina Neely we run the company uh, we've been doing that um, for some time now and um, we are working on a number of very exciting projects right um, um, one of the projects I guess I can mention that is um, trying to organize a a um, a umbrella um access uh, point, I guess, for small businesses who need uh, liability insurance mm. for, um, you know, contracts for things that they're trying to do, you know, particularly um, in the water sports and um, tour excursion kind of business. Yes. Right? So that's one yes. of the things that we're working on. Um, I hope I can get it done. Uh, There's no promises there. But it's something that we are looking into, and it's exciting because I'm getting a lot of calls on that. If that actually does happen, then it'll be a great thing, not only for us, but for all of those persons. Um, We have a very um, exciting and beneficial our primary care plan it's called a first care medical plan yes it's affordable health care yes um, it's only thirty dollars a month and it gives people free access to private doctors and access to labs pharmacies and so forth uh, we're trying to move that to the next level and we're doing some things um, with that from a digital perspective to give people access and um, to be able to connect with with our clients on a consistent basis. So that's that's a pretty exciting project. Um, we have also another program that we're working on, uh, which is a simple and easy life insurance program. Where um, you know, life insurance is is what I built my life and career on. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the thing about life insurance is, uh, uh, to get life insurance, it becomes a hassle the application process and so forth right so we've we've introduced a plan where it is very simple and easy just answer three medical questions and um and uh someone can buy life insurance immediately on the spot and get their contract within 24 to 48 hours um so that is something else very exciting that we're in the process of of working and pushing so um, we're also looking at doing some things abroad uh, the Bahamas is a great place but it's a very small place in the world certainly so um, especially in this um, in this um, I guess atmosphere arena the word wouldn't the exact word wouldn't come to me where the Bahamas is looking to ascend to the um, Uh, WTO World Trade Organization Right There's so many other countries Out there that are already A member of it Um, That puts us in a position To sell products and services To other countries Because they'd be looking You know to come and sell Products and services to us So Mm -hmm. um, One things we wouldn't be able to do We want to be able to do Is to sell Our insurance products and services To other countries Around the world Right Right. Um, um, Wherever there's a country that we could get access to through um, our WTO relationship. Um, we want to be able to sell what we sell in that country as well. Certainly, certainly. So there's there's a lot to do, and we're excited, and, and we've been keeping very busy trying to put all those things together. Yeah, sounds very busy. Mm-hmm. How big is your operation now? Right now we are at about 20 or so um, employees. Okay. Um, We have two locations here in Nassau and in Grand Bahama. Okay. Um, We were actually in the process of looking at Abaco. Abaco, right.
0: (laughs) Um,
2: So we're going to put that on hold and redirect our attention elsewhere. Uh, So there are a couple other islands in the Bahamas that we're going to look at. But more importantly is to look at how we can reach clients and prospects um, through online services. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Well, I know when the was it primary care,
1: first 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 yeah care, care care care, when program. that came out it was it was innovative. Not the country hadn't seen anything like it. Yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Tell tell us a little bit about that and the innovation and the thought process behind that
2: mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, actually, it's interesting because what happened is, I was just having this conversation today in a very long meeting I, with a a group that has probably about three hundred people and they're excited about it. I think they're gonna do that too. And that's a a, a a case that I'm hoping to close soon, but. What happened is um, I also sell major medical. Okay. We are brokers for major medical, right? Mm -hmm. And medical insurance is a big thing. Yeah. Especially in this day and age. Um, But the fact of the matter is that today the cost of major medical is so expensive. Right. Right? That um, most companies you go into if they have a hundred people as employees um, you a major medical plan to them and you might get 15 to 20 of the persons who sign up because the company is not going to pay for everybody. Right. It's too expensive. Right. So you walk out there and you leave 80 people uncovered. Mm -hmm. And that's what we were doing for years. Right. So we got the idea to um, carve out Mm. of a major medical program um, and just offer a simple primary care plan. Right. Right right and that primary care plan is a first care medical plan and we have uh, a number of doctors in Nassau and Grand Bahama who participate in our program and uh, we give you a card it's a very affordable it's only $30 a month for any adult regardless of pre-existing conditions mm-hmm. and it's uh, $20 a month for any child 0 to 17 and once we give you a card you can access Um, our um, participating doctors for free and no charge. Wow. Private doctors. Yeah. And that's been going very well. And in addition to that, um, the doctors will give you a um, prescription if needed. Right. uh, Or to do a lab test or to get medication. And we have uh, providers on our plan who give discounts for labs and pharmacy. We have specialists on the plan. Mm -hmm. We have um, dentists, vision uh, all those services are just $30 a month. Wow. So you have a family of four, husband, wife, and two young children. Yeah. For $100, they can cover the entire family.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So so that's an exciting thing, and it's been going very well. We've onboarded hundreds of companies on the plan, and we have thousands of people on the plan now. Right. Right. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going very well. Good stuff. I, I like
1: innovation. When I saw it, it was, it was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay. So, let's talk, let's talk briefly about your, I, I th- po- possibly the newest venture of the things that you're involved
2: in, your, your sales seminars. Yes, the Highland Tour Sales Seminar. Yeah, tell us about it. Well, a couple, about a year, has it been a year? About a year, year and a half ago. I don't think it's been quite two years. Uh, one of my former agents, somebody I hired was an agent here with me, and um, he left and went on to do some of his own things. And one day he called me and said that he's doing a um, project where he's inviting speakers in, and he's gonna have small business people, or business people in general, right. um, at the event. And one of the segments is um, to is to talk about how to build your sales and so forth and so on. And I had trained him, so he remembered me, and he called me and asked me to do his presentation for him. Um, so you know, I like the guy. Yeah. Former employee, I wanted to help him out. Mm-hmm. No charge, no big deal. Right. So I went down, and um, these sessions were like an hour or so mm-hmm. piece, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I prepared my presentation, and I went down there. Uh, it was at British Colonial. And um, when I started the presentation, as I was going through it, um, what really struck me is how um, the people was were sitting there um. Um. Like sponges, uh-huh. you know what I mean. And and it's like they were dumbfounded. Their eyes open. They're listening so intently, leaning yes. forward, quiet. the mouths are open. And they, you know, so. Um. And you spoke on sales. You spoke on insurance. I spoke on sales, not insurance. Okay. On okay. Sales. Sales. How to? Uh, what was the, It was called. Um, how to improve your sales process or something. That I got right. you, I got I, you. I have the presentation right on my system. But, okay. But they were so engaged. Yeah. And that that took me for a loop because I do a lot of sales training and so forth because we've hired a whole lot of people. Yeah. Well, I'm sure well over 100 agents. So I've done a lot of training and so forth. But it all was related to insurance and most of the time they were my employees <laughs> right. and, and that type of thing, right? But I hadn't done necessarily that on that topic right outside and they were so taken by it that my he figured one hour, right? Yes. For the session. Uh-huh. Well, in the one hour, um, I may have had I can't remember how many slides I had, but I only had touched maybe two or three slides. Right, right, right. Right? And the people were there waiting for more and waiting for more and <laughs> And they were like, time got to go because the next speaker can come in. Yeah. I said, you got to get kidding me, get me, even started yet. Right. People say, yeah, man, you can't go, you can't go. You got wait, 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 wait until after the speaker you go on and so forth. Yes. So I said, okay, right, I'll, I'll wait around. And so after I got the ID, I said, you know what, it looks like people need some help yes. in this area. Yes, absolutely. Right? And um, so after that, I said, let me um, go ahead and um, start the process. And I did the first one and um, it went pretty well. The people who were there, um, all, every single one said that they benefited, they, they valued the information, it was worth the while, it was worth the investment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did it several more times. So now we are building it as a brand. Yeah, it is It is uh, very, very impressive. Like I mentioned,
1: you know, my first stumble onto it uh, was the testimonials. Very, very great testimonials mm-hmm. about the event. And then, you know, because, you know, we... I can and and allow me to say you and I are of different generations. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a stereotype about your generation that social media y'all ain't, y'all ain't about that business. Exactly. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so when I saw the Instagram stories and the promotion for 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 the upcoming event, I was I was I was floored by it because it was it's dynamic. Number one, there's not many trainers doing right. the teaching sales. Um and number two, there's nobody doing anything innovative as it relates to trying to reach the market, like right, this. right, right. And so I was very, very impressed by that. Let's 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 um, give them a snippet of something that they could do. Something that you mentioned that, that that's very timely and relevant for for me in real estate is how to improve your sales cycle.
2: Mm-hmm. Give
1: me give me an idea about how that's done.
2: Well, you know, when you when you think about. Um, Sales, right? In accounts, there's this um, ratio that's called um, turnover ratio, right? Turnover ratio. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, the concept about that obviously is the amount of times that you sell a particular thing mm. and the margin that you make on that, right? Right. right. The fact of the matter is this. That it doesn't matter what in the world you are selling. Yes. There are three elements of a sales process that are critical and you have to learn to manage and give attention to each one of them, Mm -hmm. right? I call it the M-E-A matrix. Okay. M-E-A. The first one has to do with your market. Okay. Right? The second has to do with your efficiency, mm. and the third has to do with your activity. Okay, right now. Okay, um, let's say real estate. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I didn't get into real estate, mind you. I never thought I'd be. I, I, I didn't um, go to school and go, get out of school ever saying that I won't be an insurance, insurance agent. agent. Right, right. Never in my life. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I I kind of um, was pushed and shoved and nudged in the insurance business. Right. And I got into the business because I was on hard times and I needed to find a way to make money. Certainly. And so I tried something, right? <laughs> right. But I say that to say this, that um, oftentimes salespeople are not very jealous about the market that they are working, Right. Um, you'd find, I find that um, maybe even in areas like real estate, you look at somebody's portfolio and right. they are all over the place. Right. They they in Coconut Grove. Yeah. They in Life Key. Yeah. They in...
1: Uh, they doing commercial, real they in commercial real estate.
2: commercial real estate. The question is, what is your market? Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you want to coalesce around a market. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, if you want to be in in um, if you want to be in real estate, I would say, hey, and this is what I did when in the insurance business, I said that I want to deal with these kind of people. Right. This is the market I want to be in. Right. Right. I want to be in the professional market. I want to deal with these people, and I, and I just went headlong and I concentrated on them. Yeah. If you in real estate, okay. I want to deal with the this level of business, right? right Homes right. that are 300,000 and above, yeah, or a million and above, according to where you are, you yeah, know, yeah, you, for you, sure. You, for sure. First point is choose your market, choose your market, right? Uh huh. Now, your market speaks to your average commission on each sale, right? Right, right, yes. Your market speaks to your average commission on each sale, mm hmm. So, you want to improve your sales process. If you're doing 10 sales a month, if you up your average commission on your market on that, right. then and your average commission increases, then obviously um, your income can double just by that alone. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then the other area has to do with your efficiency. Efficiency. Right? Right. right. If you see 10 people, how many do you close? In 10 people, I probably closed 3 out of 10. That, that, that was, which is a good number, but yeah. that wasn't specifically a question to you. Right, hypothetical. That was just, that was just yeah, a yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, okay. The point is, how do you get that from 3 to 4? Yes, yes. Right? Uh-huh. Just that one move alone can be material. How do you get that from 3 to 4? Yeah, yeah. Your efficiency. Right. Right? And then how do you get that from 4 to 5? Yes. Now, that might sound simple, but it takes time to think that through. Mm-hmm right then the last thing has to a, a, and to do that has to do with improving your sales process your sales skills, right because no I don't know any salesperson regardless how good they are who does 100 out of 100 right right, right yeah but if you make a sale, there were elements that you can take a look at to determine why did that person buy mm-hmm. and why did they buy from me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. So, um, your efficiency. Efficiency. So, we got m Then the last one is your activity. Mm. Right? You could be extremely efficient. Right? right? Where you're selling 50% of the people that you see. Right. Yeah, you could be extremely so. Se- <laughs> but if you only see two, you, only, you, you still right. only got one sale. Right? That's right. That's right. Right? And um, if your market, your commission on a sale is... Say a thousand dollars, right? Right. But if you only make one sale, you see two people. You very efficient. You yep. make one sale, you still only make a thousand dollars. That's right. Right. That's right. In terms of your activity, what if at that same fifty percent um, efficiency, instead of saying two people you see four? Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you put all three of those pieces together, yes. you have a tremendous, it's it's like a fulcrum, right? Yeah. Right? It, 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 it almost yields geometric uh, progression as opposed to arithmetic right. progression. Right. When you add all of them together. Right. The, the the multiply effect of improving your market, improving your efficiency, and improving your uh, activity. Yeah. I, I really like that. Really like
1: that. M M E and A. Okay. All right. So so Harold, let's let's go back. Um, let's let's talk about your upbringing. Let's talk about the things that made Harold who he is. Where where'd you grow up? I grew up in Freeport, Grand Bahama. Okay, grew up in Grand Bahama. Mm-hmm. Freeport, is my um, hometown, born and raised. Okay. All right. And um, what? Uh, uh, nuclear family, single parent.
2: My my mother. Both of my parents are Haitian. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, I don't know my father. Okay. Right? I I met my father two times in my life for about one hour or so each time. Okay. I am a bastard. (laughs) Right? My father, what I found out years later, I got an understanding of why he didn't want to have anything to do with me is because he and my mother had an affair. Mm. I was born. Okay. My my father has a wife and children. Understood. Right? Has and he's still with us. Number one, I don't know if he's still alive. Okay, okay. I don't know where he is. But number two, I do know that... And if my memory serves me right, um, because I've met very briefly his children, my brothers and sisters, and I think I am the youngest one. Okay. Right? Um... I don't know where they are. They don't know me like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen them for, got to be 20, years. And Anto years. is your mother's last name? Um, you really want to go through that? Oh, boy, that's on deep. All right, <laughs> okay, 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 all right, okay, okay. Let, let's move but, on, then. But, um, yeah, so I was born in a um, single-family home. Okay. I'm the oldest yeah. of... If, um, if you got to take that, feel free. Okay. I don't know. Come. I don't even know.
0: i project tonight.
2: So. Okay. All right. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Later. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm the oldest son of six children. I have two sisters ahead of me and um, one sister behind me and two brothers. Okay. We had a conversation yesterday.
1: So how many siblings in total from your mother? Um... Five. I make number six. Okay. We had a conversation yesterday, and 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 this this part here, which I know we're going to get to in a moment, is so impressive to me. How mothers alone raise these families to be to be well, you know, upstanding uh, uh, adults, all on their own.
2: All on their own. All on my mother was a. um, My mother cannot read or write. Similar to the story we heard yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, To this day, she can't read, all right? She's 83. Wow. Right? Um, She could scribble her her signature. Yes, yes. Which she worked on for uh, many years. I remember her working on that. Uh Before then, she used to have to mark an X. Okay. Right? Uh, My mother was a dishwasher Uh at Lucayan Bay Hotel for years when I was growing up. Okay. Um, Then um, the Lucayan Bay Hotel closed down and um i was the oldest son my um older sister older sister the one immediately above me she got pregnant so my mother had to send her off to uh, she got he was very upset with her so she before she killed her she sent her off <laughs> to um uh an aunt in florida okay with the baby
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and uh, so i my other older sister was not in the bahamas she was still in haiti actually okay she doesn't live in us they, they all live in the states okay and um, um, so I was left to be the man of the house, you know, when I was um, 14, um, 13, 14, uh, because my sister had left, my mother was unemployed, uh-huh. and um, I had my younger sister who... who um, so two sisters away, you and three other siblings in the house. Yeah, my younger... Actually, it's more than that. It's my younger sister who is now, uh, great Lord, she's 50 years old. Okay. I'm 53, I just spoke to her. Um, and my brother, who's here, and my younger brother, right? Okay. Then what happened is my mother sent me to go and get my nephew, the baby, the sister's yeah. baby, because when she um, was sent away, she was young. Right, she right, She was a right. teenage mother. right. So, she was having a challenge trying yes. to make her way. So, my mother sent me off. I went... Go, go bring him back. I brought that child back. So, that child now was in the house with oh us. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. Right?
1: And your mother's unemployed? No, my mother's unemployed.
2: Right. right? Okay. Um, and um, then, my mother being the way she is, um, a friend of ours, a friend of hers, a family friend, was um, going on to the U.S. Okay. Right? And she had children. She had um, two boys and two girls, mm-hmm. two older girls and two younger boys, and um, she wanted to go to the states, but she couldn't take all of the children. Right. So she took the two older girls, and she left the two younger boys with us. What? <laughs> right.
1: How many are we up to now? So, so we got so your
2: three siblings, my three your
1: nephew is four.
2: Yes. And the two. And the two. Uh, and, and they were boys. And they were boys, um, Sh- Sheldon and Sean, and then. Um, there was this other young boy, um, I don't know where my mother found him, I still don't know to this day, mm-hmm. one day I came home and he was there, and he stayed with us for years. Wow. Right? Wow. We used to call, the only name I have for him, I know this sounds weird, right? But this is the truth. The only name I have for him is Joker. Joker. Right? That's, that's all you know about mine. That's all I know. I've, I never knew, no any other name. How did he get his name? He was comedic, he was... He he was, he was, but um, I can't remember how he got the name, but I don't know if my... Because he was the age of my younger brothers. I'm the oldest one. Right. Right. So my younger brothers, they're years younger than me. 10, yeah. 10 years, 15 years. So I'm I'm going to work and they still go into school. Right, 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 right. So forth. So, um, so yeah, all of them. There's much more to the story. Yeah. It sounds uh, like a deep one. Yeah, but... but um, they they were there.
1: So, your mother's unemployed. How are ends being met for... So, what for, happened
2: is, Lucayan Bay Hotel closed down mm-hmm. in Freeport. Um, I worked at Lucayan Bay from... I went to Hawksville High School. Okay. And um, Lucayan Bay, Bay closed down. And um, so mommy came home one day and I'm the oldest son mm-hmm. so she collected me and the other kids and we went by this lady's house right and what was happening she didn't tell me because I was mind, I was only you know 13, 12, 14 like, I can't remember somewhere around there and um, we all sat in that lady's house that night and we we, we got acclimated to our new life Mm-hmm. And that new life was in the straw market business, the straw work business. Okay. <laughs> so, so that lady obviously told my mother that she can make a living Working. doing, doing yes. straw work and selling straw. So she brought all of us there. That uh, night we were there opening up our fair. Yes. Yes. We we learned how to um, um, make dolls. Right. Make baskets. Right. I could do all of that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, make the little change purses, right. make the little big purses, yes. the big baskets, dolls, and so forth. Um, then she told her about how to go to the bazaar uh-huh. and sell, so forth. So, so what happened is <clears throat> we started to be um, a part of her sales organization. Right. So so my mother would um, she she would get. She would go to the place and buy the stuff, and, and I'd come home from school, and we making go to work. Yeah, we making baskets. We doing dolls. We right. putting raffia. We doing the designs and so forth. And when we're done, we'd go um in the bazaar and we'll sell dolls. When you got your dolls on a string on your back and yes. you go around selling dolls to the tourists. Uh-huh. Dolls one dollar. Lucky beads. Yeah. One dollar lucky beads around your neck. Right. 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 Um. Then eventually we got a stall. I don't know if you know Freeport. Not well. I know the bazaar, though. Okay, well, in the bazaar, I I have a story about the bazaar. We got uh, arrested one night because um, the the police didn't want us selling uh, to the tourists. Mm. But my mother had no other way to make a living. Mm. Um, So we used to sneak at night. And go in the bazaar and sell dolls and lots of beads and so forth. Right. And one day... mommy um, included? mommy as no, well? No, she, or just the kids? Just the kids. Right, Because right? right, right. she's out... Um, um, she was the hub. Yes. Right? Yes. we go there, get supplies yes. and so forth and so on. we go out and sell and so forth. And anyway, one night... Now, mind you, this happened many times. This is just the night we got caught. Well, understood. Right? Understood. We got caught. Um, and... Um, we all got arrested, and obviously, once they get the children, <laughs> we can lead them back to the mother's Oh, Absolutely, right? <laughs> absolutely. So, we led them back to my mother. My mother got arrested. They took us all down to the police station. Um, and we watched them um, fingerprint my mother. Um, and um, the other lady was with us, and dead I scared. Being, I, I every, imagine y'all
1: frightened everybody's
2: right scared to death, yeah. You know, and the other children crying, and, you know, boo-hoo cries and so forth. And my mother is there, and she's crying. The other lady is crying. All is down to the police, you know. Um, the police chief at the time was um, Inspector Fields. Okay, okay. I understand he was fit, Ed Fields' father. I don't, You know, I don't know him very well, um, Inspector Fields. But, but I say that because I remember the cry uh, in the bazaar. There was a couple of us, right? Uh-huh. And when we saw the police car, <laughs> you would hear this shout, "Inspector Fields coming!" Right. Everybody, break off running. Yes. Break off running. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So anyway, this night we got caught and and um, got arrested. Um, and so yeah, that that. So your question is, how are we making ends meet? That's that, one that's of it. the ways. I got you. Um, then eventually, what happened is. If you go to Freeport, there's a there's a place there called um, um, the um, Marina. No, no, what do they call it? It's across the street from the hotel. Um, The the marketplace. The marketplace. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I forget the name. Port Lucaya. Port Lucaya. Port Lucaya. Well, we had a stall out front. Now, Port Lucaya, now. on that land, right out front, um, we had the string of all the stalls. Right. So you got the, the parking, then you walk under this, so that strip right there. It's, the, it's right on the strip, directly on the strip. Uh-huh. As you as you drive down the strip, the stalls were all lined up on the strip. Okay, okay. Across the street was this other hotel that they break down. It's called um, Atlantic Beach. Okay. They break down Atlantic Beach to build the hotel that's there now. Right. But all of that land where Port Lucaya is, mm-hmm. all that was just grass, really? It was just um, and mind you, it was um, lawn, okay, right? So you could see from there all the way to the um, to the marina. Uh-huh. there was nothing there, right? So that's where we were. And um, what I would have to do is, uh, I must have been, I don't know, Around between, I would say between 12 and 15, mm-hmm. or 12 and 14, um, I would have to go down to the fishing hole, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you know Freeport, the fishing hole is the area on your way to Eight Mile Rock, okay, where it's um, something like Awa Key. Mm. It's something like actually Porter Key Dock where you go get your conch and your right, fish, right? Right, 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 right on the side there. And um, the fishermen would be there, and they'd have the conch and fish and so forth. And you stop there; people stop there on their way, and they would they would clean the conch, right? And they just throw the conch over. Yes. So yes. so the conch we got the mo- This mountain of it's a, literally a mountain. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you'd stand there and you'd have to look up to see. Yeah. Because they throw in the conch. Right? right. Right. Well, one of the things that we sold was conch shells. Okay. Right. Um, so it was my job. To walk up the, that whole conk pile. Uh-huh. And I had to go to the top. Why? Because the ones at the bottom. Had holes. and They, they were old, old. Yeah. Right? The yeah. new ones were the ones at, at the, the top. Because they just reach, right? Of course. Of course. So I had to go there on top. And I had to wade through and look through and pick the nice ones. Yes. They had the nice pink and red and yeah, orange yeah, yeah, color yeah. on the lip.
1: Still had the original shell right.
2: color. Yes. Uh, shell color. But the inside was very, very smelling. Of course. This thing. Why? Of course. Because the, the 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 guys, all they did was they, they cut out the back piece. Yes. There's a you hole. the
1: kung still inside. The,
2: right. The guts are still the guts, inside. Yeah. The tongue comes out, but the guts are still inside. And right. They don't care, so they throw the whole thing yeah. up there, right? So when I go up there, and some of them have been sitting there for weeks. Yes. Right, so they they smell bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now I have to pick up, I have to find probably about 10, 15 of them, right, take them down and take them um, to our stall, and I got a steel brush. Right. And um, I would be in the back there cleaning those conch shells. How old are you now? I must have been between 12 and 14. Okay, okay. Yeah, because because I say 12 and 14 because... um, when I turned fifteen, um, well, let me finish that part. What happened is, so I would clean those conch shells, yeah. and I would give them to my little brothers, right, um, and and um, they would go on the beach, right, and sell them, right, right, right. So that is the answer question about how we how certainly, we made it up to certainly. that point, right? Um, so when I got in. Um, uh, as I was leaving 8th grade at Hawksville High School, mm-hmm. my sister uh, bugged my mother, bugged my mother. This is the same sister who got pregnant. Right? Okay. Okay. Um, so she's
1: back now? No, no. She had not gotten pregnant. Oh, she's she still over there. Pregnant. Okay. She okay. had not gotten pregnant yet. Okay. 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 Right? okay.
2: right, 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 But she bugged my mother because she's just about two years old. And, That's right. Right? So she bugged my mother, bugged my mother, and and my mother put her in a private school. Okay. Freeport High School. Okay. And um, two things happened. My mother couldn't afford it. Right. For sure. So she was really straining to make that um, um, school fee. Right. But um, one day my sister lost the uh, school fee. Mm. Which which created a problem. Because my mother had to find the school fee. Yeah. And she lost it in cash. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah.
2: And then the other thing really that did it is when she got pregnant. When she got pregnant, my mother sent her off. So there was this opening now. Right. So I went to my mother and I said, I want to go... To a private school. Yes. At that time, I was at Hawksville. Right. Next grade.
1: Exceptional at school. Were you? Were you good? Were you good at school?
2: I, I think I was good enough. I mean, I was on the on the roll. Okay. All right. Know, uh, that's, um, that's, that's usually an indication. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was on the roll. Well, I tell you a and, story. and was your was your mother uh, a, a real disciplinarian? Was she? My mother's pretty stiff. My mother used to threaten your life if you were rude. <laughs> okay. All right. You know. What yeah. I mean? She, she, that's she, right. She, she, yeah, that's threats. You know, she she she'll pour hot boiling water on you while you sleep. Oh my surf. goodness! Okay, time, 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 <laughs> and battery is low. Okay, all right. On on the
1: GoPro. All right, that's fine.
2: So so um um, I begged her to go to um a uh, a private school. Because uh-huh. my sister just come from private school. I figure right. you know there's an opening, right? Right. So right. I went to um she agreed reluctantly and I ended up at Catholic high school okay right uh, in ninth grade 1979 right? mm-hmm. um, but that year things got so tough that I had to go to work right right, right. so I worked at Lucayan Bay mm-hmm.
0: Uh, mm-hmm.
2: as a bus boy so every day after school um, at three o'clock I'd catch the bus I'd go home change my clothes and um, I'd go to school right I go, go to work or it uh-huh. yeah. I go to work, uh, and I work from um, 4 to 12. Okay. Right? As a busboy. boy mm-hmm. um, At Luke and being on the stakeout outside, right? 16 now? How old are you now? I'm 15. I'm 15 9th grade. Now. 9th grade. I okay. did that from 9th grade to 11th grade. And maintained your grades? You did go to private school? I went to Catholic High School. I was on um, the honor roll every single year. I never dropped the honor roll.
1: Working 4 to 12 every day?
2: Every day. Five days a week? Five or six days a week, yeah. Yeah, five six days a week yeah yeah um, um, so what happened is um, one day I got a call from Joe Davo uh-huh uh, mr. Davo was principal at Catholic High School and he called me in and he was asking me about how is it that my grades are dropping mm. now mind you the funny thing is my grade never dropped below three point right right so I think I was at three point2. So maybe I was at 3.5 because I really wasn't checking like that. Right, but I right, was right. high enough right. that he called me in. Uh huh. And when he called me in, I was at 3.2. Okay. Right? And he was complaining that my grades were dropping. He said, what, what's going on? Why are your grades dropping? Mm-hmm. I said, Mr. Davil, I, I, I love Mr. Davil to this day, Joe Davil. And my mother, every time I see her, she asks me, how's Mr. Davil? How's Mr. Davil? Right. Um, I said, Mr. Davil, listen, I I I have to work after school. Yeah. He said what? I said yeah. I got to go to work. In fact, I got to go to work right now. Fact, I on the way there now. Yeah, right. He said you work after school. Uh huh. I said work after school every day. He said no, 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 no. He said Harold, Harold. If I can get you a scholarship, I said Mister Dow, my mother can't afford this. If if I don't right. work, you know, I'm the oldest son. Is the, the other ones are kids. You know, I have to work, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, Harold, if I could get you a scholarship, would you stop working? (laughs) Right? And and to which you responded? I said, yeah. I said, if you get me a scholarship, I'll stop working.
1: And you were only, your your income was only going towards your school fee, or you were were supporting the family as well?
2: I made $50.51 a week, I believe. That is my check. (laughs) Right. I never saw my check. Straight home to mommy. My mother worked at the Lukayan Bay. I was a busboy. Uh-huh. She was the dishwasher. So when I come in with the tray from the dining room, yes. the person who I turned over that tray to and everybody else turning over their tray to yes. was, was, was my mother. Was yes, yes, yes. Right? Uh-huh. And she got me the job. Right, right. Right? So she's there washing all those dishes, and um, um I'm the busboy. Uh-huh. So, she um, she would get my checks. Right? Straight my away, checks you never even saw it. I didn't see my what checks. What about your tips? You, you pocket some of them tips. I can get to that right now. <laughs> Every morning before I go to work, I mean before I go to school, my tips from the previous night, my little brothers and the other kids used to line up and I had to do all my tips out today. Every single morning. <laughs> right. Right. That was my life. Yeah. Right. Yep. I made ten dollars the night before. Bunch of money. Boom, 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 boom. Every morning, and that's how it was. Uh huh. You know. So that's how we made it. So I never saw my t- my my check, and I never saw my um my tips. The Tip, next, by The next. Right. Morning, tips it was were gone. gone. Uh, salary was gone. Yeah. Okay. So that that was that. I gotcha. And that was ninth grade. That was ninth to eleventh grade, and Mr. Darville called me back. And um, after a while, he did get me a scholarship. And um, then he called me in a couple of months. It might have been a year later. I can't remember. And he said, no, it wasn't a year, but we, in a, he said, Harold, I see it looks like you are still working, but you got a scholarship now. Right. He said, I saw you said you was going to stop working and right. I got you a scholarship. Right, right, right. I said, Mr. Davil, I tried, but I can't stop working because I still need to help right. and make things. That's yeah. right. Right? So... Um, and, and, and the, he, let me graciously
1: continued is your mindset man i really hate this job i don't want work or do you feel that sense of responsibility where you'd be like hey i gotta do this for my family
2: yeah, where no, were no, you no. because yeah. you still 50 you still a child yeah i was in ninth grade 11 grade i worked after school your friends playing
1: they riding oh, oh, yeah, bikes, they oh, no, on
2: yeah, trust me all of that all of that you missing you missing life uh, that was my life right there <laughs> That but you did you feel did you feel like you were missing out? Well, you know, I didn't know anything different. That was all I knew. Right. That was my life. Right. My fun or whatever I do, people I hang out with was the waiters, the waitresses, and the people at work. I go to school, go to work, come from work, you go to school, go to work, come yeah. from work. Go to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday you go to church, <laughs> right. and then Monday you go back to school. You go. That was my life. That was it. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know anything Understood. other than that. Understood. From the time I hit ninth grade. Right, right. Um, it wasn't until um, um, I was going into the twelfth grade, um, my boss uh, at Lucayan Bay was Mr. McDonald mm-hmm. in Freeport, and he, he, he started a restaurant in Freeport afterwards, but I think I forced his hand to fire me, because I couldn't take it anymore. Understood. Yeah. I came late intentionally and so forth. I... I couldn't quit right 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 exactly right my mother would have killed me <laughs> so the only thing I could do you could, you could be insubordinate yeah so yeah. I I intentionally came late a number of times and I kind of forced his hand to fire me Understood. because I really didn't want to go into 12th grade with working. the pressure of work yeah and I certainly. wanted to do well certainly so anyway I went home and I told my mother um, I got fired and um, I she may have seen it. That I was really getting tired and right. so forth, right? right? So she she said she didn't um, make too much of a fuss, but it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine.
1: Um.
2: So okay, so
1: so you're, you you finished school,
2: on a roll still. On a roll, i on road throughout my my um, high school years. Then what? Well. Um, What happened is after school, I graduated in 83, right, and um, (laughs) I went to work for, um, not I went to work, I I looked for work for a while, and one of the things that I did was um, I worked part-time, or I shouldn't say part-time, I worked at uh, Worker's House Uh in Freeport, Grand Bahama, Okay. and um, Miss Wells gave me a job. Right. So you gonna hold that right there? Yeah, Miss Wells gave me a job. Who who? Uh, Grand Bahama. In Grand Bahama. Yeah. Uh-huh. At at the um, at the Bahamas Hotel Catering and Allied Workers Union. Okay. Office in Grand Bahama, um, but it wasn't a real job because it's, I think I was only getting paid fifty dollars a week, and and that was really them just feeling sorry for me. Right. Hey, you want to give right. me something. Right. I think it was fifty dollars a week. So, I did that for a while, looking for a job, and finally I got a job at Scotia Bank. Okay. And I started um, at the bank, uh, I believe it was June 1984. Okay. Okay. And I was at the bank for six years in Scotia, Um, but all the while I was the main breadwinner for the family Mm -hmm. because my mother didn't have a job. Right. Uh, My mother didn't get a job since then uh, after that. Right. At all. Um. So um, I stayed to Scotia Bank from ninety, from eighty four, to nineteen
1: ninety. Tell me how the work ethic that you would have had all throughout your life then manifested
2: at Scotia. Well, Scotia, um, I believe um, that what what the bank got from me was somebody who was committed. Dedicated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I did what the bank asked me to do. Um, I worked long hours sometimes. Right. You know, didn't complain. Right. Right. Um, I don't know if I was the best banker in the world, only because, mind you, I was a teller. Mm-hmm. They promoted me to a uh, proof teller. Okay. Right. Uh, which was a critical job at Scotiabank because I was the only proof teller on the island right. for Scotiabank. Okay. And that job was a key job for uh, or an important job in the bank it wasn't a manager or something like that but um uh, uh, for that job the whoever's doing that job had to do that job well because that job uh, helped to balance the bank every certainly. day certainly um and then um in eighty seven i met um, i i got into Amway when i was about um yeah i got into Amway when i was in actually it was in eighty three um When I was 17... Okay. uh, I was walking... When when I was in high school, I was president of the Key Club. Okay. Right? And um, as president of the Key Club, I met... I met... um, Phil Franks. Phil Franks, okay. Okay. Phil Franks was one of... He was our advisor from the Kiwanis Club. Okay. Right? And... um, After graduation... Phil uh, called me over for an interview, mm-hmm. right? He 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 was the manager of Nassau and the Writers in Freeport. Okay. So I went there thinking that he was going to hire me as a, for a job, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what he did is he showed me the Amway sales and marketing plan. Right, right, right. right. Uh, so I got into Amway at seventeen. Okay. And um, so, that How big was the movement at that time. It it was big. It was, it was pretty big who, because yeah. because. Um, that was the period when um, one of the top guys in Amway, in the Bahamas, the name of Phil Carey, was doing extremely well here. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, so, um, that was a tremendous experience because it taught me about uh, um, discipline and hard and work. And we're in 80s, you said? This is 83. 83. 83. This was
1: before Bill was.
2: I was in the Britt organization. You were in the Britt organization? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Bob Zinder was um, the... Um, Diamond above um, Phil Carey. Okay. So it was Bill Britt, Bob Zinder, Phil Carey. It was um, um, Ken and Nikki Williams, and then me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So no, no, sorry. Ken and Nikki Williams, Phil Franks, then me, because Phil sponsored right. me. Right. Right. But after a while, you know, I'm kind of Phil faded out. Um, so I did that for a while. Even what, what level you made it to? Direct. Distributor, right? Okay, platinum. Uh, Well, a profit sharing direct distributor. So much so that um, I got to make that uh, trip to Ada, Michigan, and and meet um, um, Jay Fernando. Yes, yes, yes. And um, um, the whole Amway experience. Right. right? So that was that was a great experience. I have photos of that. But so I did that while I was working at Scotia Bank. You know, every night I'm I'm out there meeting people and showing the plan plan and doing. That's what I did. Right. I didn't have a life. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I met, that's how I met my wife, Sabrina. Okay. I went to a meeting at the Polaris Hall right here in Nassau. Okay. On Paradise Island. Uh-huh. And um, she was at the door and we met there. Okay. We got married in 1990. Okay. Uh, but in 1990, I also left the bank and started the insurance business at Imperial Life. Understood. Yeah. I was at church one night and um, a friend of mine, Greg Bullard, came up to me. He said, Harold, you know, you'll do good in the insurance business. mm I told him, I'm not interested in insurance business. Mm-hmm, I said, mm-hmm. you know, people in insurance business don't make any money. Right, right. right? right. He said, boy, you know, um, um, you should reconsider that. I said, okay, Greg, because I, at that time I was thinking about getting married, and I know I couldn't take care of a family on, um, on my salary at the bank. Right. So I was trying to figure out what else I should do. Yep, yep. So I said, you know what, to hell with it. What, What's the worst that could happen? Let me go and check it out. Right. So I said uh, to Greg, what should I do? Uh, he said, go over by um, um, Imperial Life, talk to Bob Hall, and I did that. And uh, long short story short, in 19, uh, I think it was November 1st of 1990, I started with Imperial Life. Okay, okay. Yeah, and that's, that's how my career in the insurance business started. Right,
1: right. So 1990, that puts us at about 29 years. 29 years, believe it or not. I've been telling people 20 years for the longest, but 29 29 years. 29 years now. Okay. Very interesting. And so that work ethic that you had from a child,
2: selling dolls. Yes. Climbing for conk. Exactly. You've brought into sales. Absolutely. And, and, And when I started the insurance business, you know, um, it was a commission-based business, and I came out of the bank, which was a salaried Certainly. situation. Certainly, And I was new. My wife is from Nassau, but we were living in Freeport, so she didn't have a whole lot of friends, didn't know a right. lot of people. Right. But, but I said to her, because I was very scared, you know, moving out of a salaried situation yes. into a, a commission situation, a job that I had never done before. Right, didn't right, Didn't know whether I could make it work or yep. not. Yep, And my wife didn't have a job at the time because she just left her job. Understood. And, right? I said to her, "I said, listen, you know, I don't know how this thing is going to work, mm-hmm. um, but but um, I'm gonna give it all that I've got." Right. I so just, you're thirty now. This was in no no. I was married at 24, so, twenty four. Twenty. twenty four. Okay. Right. So, um, I got married in June. This is um, November of the same year. Okay. Right. Okay. When I got married, I was twenty four years old. Um, so I said to her. I'm going to be home late many, many nights because I'm going to be out there working, yes. right? So don't stay up or whatever. I just got to make it work, right? Right, right, right. Um, so did I that cause friction? No, she understood. Wow. Right. You know, she, yeah. She's the best. Yeah. Um, so I put my head down and um, I was out there seeing people, you know, making it happen, yeah. doing what it takes, doing my presentations.
1: Did you, were you, did you become less aggressive in Amway at this point?
2: Um, yeah, at time yeah, I started to fade on the Amway because I, I couldn't be two places at the same of course, time. Of and, course. and um the insurance was immediate income because I get paid each month. Right, right and, right. and the Amway was something that you'd build over certainly, time, right? Certainly, certainly. So um um I I I put my head down and um um I didn't know all I wanted to do is not fail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um um, so I started to make some sales and so forth. The next thing I know, um, one day Bob Hall called me in and said to me, he want to talk to me. Uh huh. I said, I, you know, in the bank, whenever they call you and they want to talk to you, that's yeah, a problem. Yeah, like a problem. Right. <laughs> it is a problem. Right. Right. Uh, so I was scared to death. I just didn't know what I did wrong. hmm. Right. So I went to Bob Hall's office and they were already paying me. I think like fifteen hundred dollars a month or something. To me, that was like as a big deal. What? Yeah. Right. I wasn't making that at the bank. Right. right? So he gave me another check. He gave me a check for eighteen hundred dollars. I thought he made a mistake. Uh huh. I said, Why would you do that? Right. (laughs) You know? Why would you give me an additional check? You all still paying me? Nobody gave me a check for fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, for eighteen hundred and something dollars. I remember that. That moment, that was a big deal. I went home. I was, I couldn't believe it. Top of the world. That was the most money I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'd made more than three thousand dollars a month. Right, right, right. I was like, for God's sake, whoa! <laughs> you know, <laughs> believe it or not, the next month he called me again. Uh huh. Bob called me the next month, either immediately next month or a month after. And I didn't know what he was calling me about. Right. It, it, even though it happened before, it couldn't happen twice. Right, 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 right. right. Bob gave me a check for 4300 and something. Wow. Dollars, right? Wow. In addition to my regular.
1: Now, were your sales increasing in your mind to justify these payouts?
2: I guess it was, but I wasn't counting like that. Understood. Yeah, Because Understood. I, I, all I'm doing is just trying. You're just hustling. To not fail. Right, right, right. Right. But that means you're working long hours. Yes. You're
1: applying mea. Yes, I yeah. But I didn't understand. You didn't. All that. You didn't know it then. But all you were all doing all I it.
2: wanted to do, is not fail. Right. Uh, whatever that meant. Right. That's what I wanted to but do. But I mean,
1: I don't want to downplay not fail because you were being very methodical. You
2: were being aggressive. I was seeing the people. Right. I was doing the presentation, politician, and, yeah. reading, improving. I'm sure I was doing all that, but I wasn't thinking about yeah, it yeah, that yeah. way. You. You yeah. had one mission. All I was doing was trying to not fail. Understood. Understood. You know what I Understood. mean. Understood. Um, so, um, he gave me a check for 4300 and I almost passed out. hmm mm-hmm. I said, this can't be true. Really? Right, right, right. And I sat there and I was like, cause I was, was I thought he was going to ask for the money back or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I said, this can't be, and he sat there and he smiled, you know, um, looking at me, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I had made $6,000 that month. I was like, what the hell? I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, so I went home and I gave it to my wife. We had big, big celebration and so forth. Wife still not working? No, she wasn't working at the time. Uh Uh-huh. She wasn't working at the time. Kids yet? No kids yet. Okay. No kids yet. And, um... By April of the next year, I got a note that um, they want to send me, said that that I was on time for MDRT. What that means is that if I kept pace, I'd I'd qualify. But I didn't even know what that meant, so I didn't even take note of that. Right. Right? And they told me that a couple of times. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't care. All I was trying to do was not fail. Right, right, right. right. So I kept doing what I was doing, and then I got a letter saying, hey, um, you qualify to go to Rising Star School in um toronto canada nice nice and for people that don't know what is mdrt um million dollar (laughs) roundtable right right? million dollar roundtable is the association of the top one percent of um insurance sales professionals in the world yeah right i didn't know that right Nor did i care about that right i don't know those people (laughs) they don't know me yeah all i want to do is pay my bills that's it right that's it um So, yeah, he told me I was on time for MDRT. I went to Rising Star School in April of 1991. Um, We were there for a week, and that was a week of training. We stayed at the Chelsea Inn. Okay. That's where Imperial Life brought their new recruits from all over Canada Mm -hmm. and the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. Uh, Me and another girl from Nassau. uh, I see her from time to time. She's not in the business anymore. Okay. Um, we we went, we have photos and that. So that was a great experience. My, first, my first time in Good. Canada. Age now? How how old
1: you you was, be? Twenty. I'm still twenty four. Twenty
2: four. I, I yeah. No no, I had just turned twenty five because
1: I was nineteen. And first 91. second year insurance. First year I started in first November. Yeah. Million dollar round table the first year.
2: I started in November, November first. This is a nineteen ninety. This is April of nineteen ninety one. Right. Right? Right. I know that because shortly after that, I quit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> what happened is, um, as I got down to May and June, I started to get this feeling that, you know what? Um, time is passing me by. I need to get more education. Right. And, mind you, I'm 25. Right. Right? And my my wife wasn't working at the time, I don't think, and I said... Um, I made the decision. I remember my friends call, um, talking to me, having a talk talking me. Harold, what are you doing? You making money? You got to right. leave all that? Right. You got to go? I said, man, I got to go and get me some more education. I yeah. don't have and my mother definitely couldn't afford to... to um, actually, by that time, I'd sent all of them um, to Florida okay. to my sister. So it was just me and my wife in, in Freeport. Right. So I decided to quit. Um, Bob Hall... <laughs> Um, was taken aback. I said, "Bob, I got to go to school." Yeah. Uh, I got into Langston University. Okay. Through this, um, um, through uh, Phil Carey, uh-huh. um, the Amway guy. Right. And uh, we went to school in Langston for four years, my wife and I, and that's where my first son was born. Okay. He was born while wh- we were in wh- school. What did your wife major? She worked major in hospitality management. Okay, I you did business. business. Yeah, I right. So. Yeah. So, um, got out of school in 91 to 95. And you
1: funded this from, you would have been very conservative with your insurance no, income.
2: No, no, no. Two things. One is, um, I left the Bahamas with a couple of dollars, right? More money than I'd ever seen in my life, mm-hmm. right? But um, I did not leave with enough money to carry me through four years of school, obviously. Right. right. So, I got to school, I got to Oklahoma. Uh, we were staying uh, 105 East Springer. Okay. And um, after Bob Hall actually promised me that he was going to send me that my last commission check, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which was a few thousand dollars to carry me. But after a while, that money started to run out very quickly. Right. So right. So I had to go look for a job. Certainly. And um, I found a job at Broadway Ford in Oklahoma City. Okay. And I sold cars. Okay. Uh, from um, I, I sold cars all the way up from, from 90, what's that, 91, from 90, probably late 91 all the way to 95 when I graduated. They wanted me to stay. Are you doing school in the night? I do school every day. Uh, I do school in the day and uh, I did, exactly the same thing I did when I was in okay. high school.
1: But you selling cars evening, in the evening?
2: Yeah, I, um, I, I got to the dealership about four o'clock uh-huh. and it closed around 11 o'clock. Really? Every day. That was my life. And so you do this for how many? Ten? Eight? No, I did it for my four years For of your school. four years of school. Right. Well, it was three and a half years. Um, wife still don't work? She actually got a job because I, she had, she, it was only wise for her to do that because I was hardly home. Right. Right. I'd see her to school. Mm-hmm. We were in some classes together. Mm-hmm. After that, I had to go to work. Right. Right. Um, so she eventually got a job. Uh, she en- ended up with two jobs. She worked at Walmart. Uh-huh. And right across from Walmart was McDonald's. Okay. She worked so b- two she jobs. She worked both jobs. So she'd be at Walmart from like, say, 9 to 3 or something like that. Or, or you know, she'd do uh, McDonald's in the morning and then do Walmart in the evening. Right, right, right. But I didn't see her because I was to work. Yes. Right? So we would... Sometimes come home almost together, but right. you know you study and you go back to school. And, and next your wife day. had similar work ethic. Yes. hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We made yep. it happen. Yep. You know, and then um, Devon, he came around in '94, so she had to stop working. Right. He was born April 9th, nineteen ninety four, and actually, when he was born that day, I was to work. Right, so I had to stop work and and, and go to Langston, pick up, drive down all the way on I-90, I ninety I, I thirty five. Uh huh. To um to um, Midwest City where he was born. Okay. And his uh, first son was born
1: eighty where he's are we born now? In, he's born ninety four. Ninety four, yeah. you would have been twenty-six? I was twenty nine, eight. Twenty-nine, okay. No, twenty eight. I was twenty eight twenty eight. First child born. All right. Okay. All right, so let's let, let's graduate so graduated. I
2: graduated in May of ninety five. Uh-huh. 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 And and I got a job at um global life. Okay. Yeah. Back in Nassau? Back in Nassau. Well, in Nassau for the first time. I'd never lived in Nassau Never in Nassau. Okay. 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 I didn't even know... So this
1: whole amway was was in in, in Grandmama. Okay.
2: And the first time I lived in Nassau was when I came back from school. Understood. Um, Because my wife is from Nassau. Right. So we stayed with her parents for a couple of months until I... You know, I didn't know Nassau at all. I didn't know the streets. Right. I didn't know East Street. I didn't know... In fact, the the whole idea of... East street was very weird to me, yeah, because um, in Oklahoma, uh-huh. uh huh, especially in Oklahoma City, there's this highway, it's called East West Highway,
1: okay, okay, and it ran
2: east and west, yes, 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 right? yeah. So, to come to, to um, Nassau, and there's a street called <laughs> East Street, <laughs> right, I knew for sure it ran east, yeah, you would think, right, yeah, um. So it wasn't until I was going to an appointment, I used to book appointments and not know where the place is. Right, right. right. So I used to, at Global Life, I used to book appointments. And this day I book an appointment going East Street South. Right? So I grab my bag, I'm on the way out. And I get to the front desk and it hit me. That's an oxymoron. Right. I said, that don't even make sense. That, (laughs) That don't add up. East Street South, right? There's no way in the world is real. I got the wrong address. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I turned around. The girl um, who's at the desk, her name is Anise. I said, Anise, East Street South, right? I said, I don't even make sense. Where the hell is East Street South? Right, right, right. She stopped. She dropped. Mouth dropped. She looked at me. She said, Harold, you don't know where East Street South is? Uh huh. I said, Anise, I got an appointment in a couple of minutes. Where in the world is this place? Exactly, East exactly. East? <laughs> right? So she had to direct, that was the weirdest thing in the world, yeah, East Street yeah, South. That yeah. didn't make any sense. I never sense. even thought about that before, but but you're right. right. Midwest City, uh, I mean, sorry, East West Highway, it ran East and West. Right, right. East Street South, that don't make any sense. end <laughs> I got Street you. South. So Global Life, how long you do there? I was at Global Life from 1995. Mm-hmm. To, uh, One year after that, you get uh, agent of the year. Yeah, I made agent of the year. I got to Global Life. I started June first, nineteen ninety-five. Uh-huh. So this is the first full year. Okay. Right. So you come there, you starting again. Yes. So this first full year. Um, so that's the year I made agent of the year. Uh-huh. Right. Um, all I, like I said, all I was doing is trying not to fail. <laughs> <laughs> put my head down, do right. my work. You know, wasn't right, right, right. into all this and. Um, didn't know the place. I had to call strangers. I don't know anybody in Nassau. Yeah. So just about everybody I called were strangers. Right. Cold calls. Right. Right. Um, I had to find where I had to go. In fact, I remember the uh, first day I couldn't even find my way home mm. because I was living with my um, uh, in-laws. in-laws right? They live in um, um, what the place name? Maxwell Lane. That's in. Um, Oh, rock crusher, Mm
0: -hmm, right? mm -hmm.
2: I didn't know how to find my way home. I had to drive very slowly. And I remember when I got home, I said to Sabrina, my wife, I said, Sabrina, you wouldn't believe it. I found my way home. I said, I I, 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 I went to the light. I turned the corner and I just went and I went and I got to another light. And when I got to the corner, there was this big church on the end. And I look across, there was another street. I said, let me try that street. So I went cross and went, and that was Meadow Street. I didn't know that right. at the time. So I went down there. When I got to the end, I said, I don't know where that place is. Uh huh. So eventually, I made it to Rock Crusher. Boy, I was so happy.
1: Right, right.
2: I was right. like, whoa! You know, yep. I could get around now a little yep, bit. Yep, Yeah. Right? Yep. So that that was 95, um, and um, I stayed at Global Life until 2000. Uh, I stayed there eight years I remember because this is another saga there's too much to go into but um, in 2002 ignore it All right, sorry in 2000 in in 99 they promoted me to branch manager right I was done 98 uh, Global Life right and um, In 2002 Colena wanted to buy Global Life mm-hmm. That created a, a A problem A saga for us as managers Right So we had to live through that And then So Colena took over Global Life um, And they made some changes that impacted me And uh, My boss Um Len Henderson, mm-hmm. who was one of my mentors, he left and he went to Family Guardian. Right, right. And my other boss, um, Pat Hermans, was there and she eventually left as well. Okay. Uh, so we, we, we stayed there. And um, um, they... My first boss left, went to Family Guardian. About a year or two later, my second boss left and went to Family Guardian. Okay. She went there as president. Right. So the two of them got together, and they decided now they're going to come back and make offers to some of us who were managers with them at Global Life. Right, 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 When they did that, the people, our new bosses, found out and essentially... What? (laughs) Ah. And we don't have... No generator. We don't have a generator. All right, let's, let's continue. We're still on audio. Oh, okay, all right. Well, what happened is our new bosses um didn't like that and essentially um suspended us Uh-huh Sus- suspended me and my two colleagues Dwayne Pierce and Karina Neely uh with what we felt was without cause because they felt that we were going to leave the company and go to Family Guardian Right Well um so we resigned Uh-huh uh-huh and when we, re- long story short, when we resigned, we went to Family Guardian. And uh, when we got to, this was in um, 2005, we ended up at, no, sorry, 2004. Right. We ended up at Family Guardian, late 2004. Um, but anyway, uh, in 2005, um, we were we went to family guardian not as branch managers but as executive agents just a, a lower level uh-huh, uh-huh. but in 2000 because we did well they promoted us to branch manager okay. the, the, the very next year okay and um, because of the awards you know our performance um, we got um, some of the awards that you see around here right right, right. so um, in 2006, we decided that we were going to go out on our own mm-hmm. and form Tristar and Charts. Okay. And that's how this company started.
1: Which year was this now? 2006. 206. Okay.
2: Okay. So, we're
1: we're, we're About 13, 14 years.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. so from 2006 to now, this is what we've been doing. So, so myself, um, Dwayne Pierce, and Karina nearly Dwayne eventually uh, retired. So, it's um, Karina and I who's running the ship. Right. Right. And that's where we are. The lady we just met? No, no, that her mother. Her uh, mother. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. And that has been the story of my life. That is the story. Um, yeah. So, in two, and then 2009 is when we started the first care medical
1: plan. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very nice. I mean, so many lessons wrapped up within that story about, about work ethic. And, I, you know, I think about, you know, the, the, the way my children, your children grow up. in such a totally different environment, eh? How do you... How do you develop within your children the same kind of work ethic that you had in your rough upbringing, but give them that kind of work ethic, maybe in different with a
2: different atmosphere? Well, um, a couple of things. I think number one is the children see. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Example. Yeah, they, they see you working. Right. Right. And they get an understanding that work is what you do. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Where yeah. are you going today? I'm going to work. Yeah. Come with me. You see me at office. I'm at work. Right. I took my child I take my children to presentations that I have to do. Right. And sometimes they help me with the presentations, you know, you hold this and do that yeah. and do this. and you see me at work. Exactly. Right. They see me doing presentations to clients. Mm-hmm. Um I have to go and see a client come with me, you know. Mm-hmm. So the children understand that work is a big part of it. Certainly. Right? Certainly. Um, and then you talk to your children about um, real life. You know, I sat my children down and I told... Because we, we went through some very difficult times, uh, some tight money times and yeah. so forth. So yeah. I sat them down and tell them, say, hey, if you want to um, live a good life... Yes. Um, this is what you're going to need. Right, You know, right. You're going to need to be able to make a, a certain amount of income. You're going to be need to be able to have a certain work ethic. Yes. Uh, and you're going to need to be respectful and um, learn how to deal with people and, you know, always um, have a proper attitude and and, and then not only do you talk it, but they see it when you're interacting with clients Mm -hmm. and they're out with people, you know. Yeah. So um, children learn vicariously and they learn directly. Right, right, right. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, well, Harold, as we bring it to a close, I I want to focus a little bit in closing on Harold Tor Sales Seminar, um, and it, it the the front of this says "Become a Sales Warrior." Warrior, warrior. How will you help me to do that?
2: There are five aspects of becoming a sales warrior that is critical that makes people a sales warrior, right? And warrior, I think, is the appropriate term because. Um, the sales arena is a war. It is a war. It is a war, right? Yes. And you you and and the client is not the enemy.
1: <laughs> right. You are, right? Who is who's the enemy? The circumstances.
2: Circumstances is the enemy. Okay. The, the the call of the the job, the work. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. It is a it, it's it, it's a war. Yes. So the five things are number 1 um you have to be able to maintain your motivation. Mhm. Mhm. Right? Mm-hmm. There got to be a reason why you do what you do. Right. And that reason has to be strong enough to wake you out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. Because the day before that what happened was enough to keep anybody in bed. Right. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happened the day before that mm-hmm. was brutal enough to keep anybody in bed. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a motivation that's going to get you out of bed. Notwithstanding yesterday, you made 100 calls and you only spoke to five people. Right, right. And you got all kind of rejections. All mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. motivation is a very important part. So you have to determine what that motivation is for you. Right, right. Right. Excuse me. The second thing has to do with your mindset.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. The mindset is critical because um, nobody in their right mind can go through the amount of rejections that you need to be able to go through mm-hmm. in sales and come out whole. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so your mindset has to be one that says that um, I understand that I have to go through this, um, go 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 through this crucible to come out. And I am prepared to do what it takes. I'm prepared to make the call, get the rejection, see the people, be disappointed, be disappointed uh-huh. and so forth, uh-huh. and still go back to my office and make a call as if nothing happened. Certainly, certainly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you don't have that kind of that mind- mindset, 42, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're going make it, not in sales. Yeah. Forget about the sales skills. Forget about the other components of the sales cycle and process itself. Forget right. about that. If you don't have the mindset, you're going to get to them, right? And they won't be valuable to you. Now, right. once you have that mindset, the next thing is now you have to start deploying specific um, components of the sales aspect to to get through. Mm-hmm. And one of them has to do with uh, with strategies, mm-hmm. right? Sales strategies, mm-hmm. and those sales sales strategies talk about what are you going to do to get clients and prospects. And who are you going to approach and who are you going to talk to? Right? Your strategy. What's your strategy to, 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 to get sales? Right. Right? Right. Um, then the other thing has to do with your sales skills. Okay, you, you got prospects now. You got to know when you're sitting in front of somebody how to go through the process to get them from. One point to a point of close. Certainly. Right? Certainly. And then the last thing has to do with product knowledge.
1: Product knowledge, yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: Uh, whatever it is you're selling, whether it's real estate, insurance, whether you sell selling computers, whether you're selling this or that, you know, um, the product knowledge is important, but you got to get in front of a client to make the case. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And then and then the case has to be relevant to what the client's needs are and so forth and so on. For sure. So you got those five things that are critical to make a successful salesperson. Yeah. And that's what we drill down in um, nice, in sales training.
1: very nice. So, 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 the upcoming seminar is when? It is um, November nineteenth.
2: Yeah. At British Colonial. Uh huh. Um, it's an all-day seminar. Uh huh. From um, nine to five. Okay. Lunch is included. Nice. Um, but the 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 day is important because um, there's so much information. Yeah. To to cover. Just to give you value for the time, right, right, you know? and
1: and and if we if we just go through some of the some of the meat here, this booklet is called the, the Haas booklet. Yes, has a personal assessment. Yes, talks about your personal stats, and so you start by making an assessment of where
2: you are right, now. Right, and and we do that assessment at the beginning of um, all of the sales seminars because, you know, oftentimes people don't stop. And analyze. Where am I now? Right. Yeah. And when you put those numbers down, things pop out. Certainly. You know what I mean? Certainly. Um, and and by analyzing those numbers, you could tell a lot about why you are where you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tells you a little bit about the market that you work in. Certainly. Tells you a little bit about your work ethic mm-hmm. and, and your activity. Mm-hmm. Tells you about your efficiency and all these things. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Good. And then we go into, what are your
2: objectives going forward? Right. So now we've
1: already established where you are. What's the plan moving forward? What is People plan? come to a seminar to do
2: something. And that's one of the key things that we ask at the beginning. Um, in a perfect world, what do you want to get out of here? Mm-hmm. Out of this meeting today? Mm-hmm. Why are you here? Mm-hmm. If you got exactly what you wanted to get, what would that be?
1: Right, right, right. And then we have some daily, weekly, and monthly objectives. Right. Yeah? Right. Things I need to do. Uh, things I need to change or improve to meet my goals. Uh, then we talk about the armor. Let's talk very briefly about the armor. Um, and that's the
2: mental armor, right? That's there. the mental armor you spoke of. That's the mental armor right there, mm-hmm. because it is an armor. Because it is your headset. If your head isn't right, then the rest of the information doesn't matter. Right. Because you won't you won't use them. Right. Right. Let's talk about this. Problem, solution, so we we, we
1: we move from strategies, that was a strategy segment, but then we move into skills. Mm-hmm. The problem, solution,
2: nexus. Nexus, right? What is that? What that means is, um, at, th- at this point right here, you see this point right here? Yes. At this point right here, right, that is the point where a solution meets a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And we call that the nexus. Nexus, that's the, that's yep. the right. The, the 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 point at which a solution meets a problem. Okay. Okay. If you have no problem, there's no need for a solution. Right. 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 So the first thing you need to determine uh, with a client is what. What is your problem? What is the problem? Yes. What is it that we are here trying to, to, to solve. achieve? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I want a house. Okay. Now we get. You want a house. We're not talking about you wanting a car. You don't want a hotel. Right, right, you right. You want a, you want a house. Right. Then let's drill down on that. Yeah. Yeah. You see yeah. what I mean? Uh huh. I want a. I I want. I have a problem. I need to protect myself against um, um, the cost of medical insurance, the cost of medical bills if I get sick. Yes. That's a problem. That is a problem. Here, you know. Yeah. I I I want. I have. Um, I want to um, have reliable transportation Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. that I can afford. Mm -hmm. That is a problem. Yes. So the problem-solution nexus is the point at which uh, solution meets a problem. Right. And the point there is that you can't solve a problem unless you identify what the problem is. Absolutely. Right? So that's the critical part of sales. You have to agree with the client that, okay, I understand what the problem is.
1: Mm Mm-hmm hmm Good.
2: Good. So, let's go over the date one more time,
1: Harold.
2: The date is November. November 19th. November 19th. At British at Colonial Hilton. At 9 a.m. 9 5. 5 make a full day of it. It's a full day. It, it, and, it, and it's it, two ninety nine for the day. Yeah. Which I think is extremely um, reasonable. Yes. With lunch included. With lunch included. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm we, very excited about it. I think it's going to be a... All of my... Um, Seminars, every single one I've done. Everyone who's come out has said that they've gotten they got value for money.
1: Yeah. yeah. I saw the testimonials. people are speaking, saying talking wonders about it. The website is h a seminars dot com.